you're looking for better ways to connect or give, you can download the Impact Church app, and that's how I give sometimes. And so uh, thank God that he moves ahead with technology, amen, uh, that I'm not, you know, having to do, you know, money orders and things of that nature. Uh, but anyway, I had a checkbook one time, Jeremy. I didn't do very good with it. I lost my checkbooks. Anybody else lose your checkbooks? I was, yeah, for some reason. I don't lose money, but I lost my checkbooks. But anyways, but I was also 19, so, you know, give me some grace. Anyways, this morning I get to do something really, really special to me, uh, and we are going to uh, dedicate baby Coleman today. So if, the, so if uh, Charles and Kylie and family, if you'll go on and come up here with us, uh, we're gonna, we want to do that now. And for me, this is really exciting as they're coming with their family. For me, this is very exciting because I got to do the wedding ceremony for Charles and Kyle, you guys can come and stand in front of me, please. Just make a line in front of me. <laughs> so, that's fine. And so, today, it was really cool for me because I got the opportunity to, um, to marry Charles and Kylie. And, uh, and so now it's like another, another opportunity to be another, a part of another important place in their lives. And... Uh, I feel the same way some days, buddy. I don't, I don't blame you at all. And so, um, and so today, he's cute. Aww. Poor guy. Oh, he's got the hand going. It's, it's, it's on like Donkey Kong now. He's got the hand going. Anyways, today, uh, thank you guys for being here. Um, and we are so excited about dedicating Coleman to the Lord. You know, the gift of a child is, is, is one of the greatest gifts in the entire world. And you as parents, you know that. Uh, they fill your heart with love and, and, and your life with laughter and, and your phone with lots and lots of pictures. <laughs> and, uh, and, and as they grow, you see them developing into who they are and, and who they're going to be. And, and, and it fills your heart with pride. And, and, and when we look at our children, we really look at our future. And when we look at them, we see, we see so many good things for them. We see what we want them to be. We, want, we see who we want them to become. And, and more than anything, we want to see them happy, healthy, and, and following the Lord. And, and so in all of our excitement about their future as people, we also have to be just as excited and purposeful in their spiritual growth. Because in a world that we live in today, the world wants to pretend that God doesn't exist or, or wants to diminish His power and authority. And so parents have to work harder than ever before to make sure that our children are pointed in the right direction. And a scripture that God laid on my heart for you guys is Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. I almost did not use that picture because of the Ole Miss shirt, I'm not going to lie. But I could not get away from that smile. Uh, I'm going to buy you something in maroon and white, buddy. But <laughs> He's not wearing it, Dale. We, we don't work on you, buddy. Anyway, Psalm 127, 3 through 5 says this. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offering a reward from Him. And like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And so it's, it's, it's our responsibility as parents to, and, and family to point Coleman and our children in the right direction because the world is going to fight. 
to point them in any other direction than God's direction. And so we have to be very purposeful about teaching them what it means to pray and how to read the Bible and what it means to be a Christian. And it also means that we have to exemplify the love of God and the way that we work and the way that we love our spouses and the way that we interact with the world around them. And so, you know, a lot of times dads especially, we want to be their, their superheroes. And, uh, but God also calls us to be their spiritual heroes. And so it's a lot of pressure, but I know that you guys have already started doing it and you're going to continue to do it. And so today, as we get ready to dedicate baby Coleman, hey buddy, he's giving me the eyes. <laughs> Is that hairy guy talking to my parents? I have some questions I want to, some commitments that I have for you. And once I ask each question, I ask that you guys will say, we will. First question is, do you today recognize this child as the gift of God and give heartfelt thanks for God's blessing? Do you now dedicate your child to the Lord who gave them to you all, surrendering whole, surrendering all, whole, excuse me, surrendering all worldly claims upon his life and the hope that he will belong wholly to God? Do you pledge as parents that with God's fatherly help, you will bring up Coleman in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Do you promise to provide through God's blessing for the physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual needs of your child, looking to your own Heavenly Father for the wisdom, love, and strength to serve Him? Do you promise God helping you to make it your regular prayer that by God's grace, your child will come to trust in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sins. Okay. Church, I have a question for you as well. As a church family, we need to stand beside them and support them. One of the best things that I know Christine and I have is the support system found in this body right here. And so I also need a commitment from you guys. I need to know if you will commit to pray, to support, and be a, and be a resource for Kylie and Charles as they learn to lead Coleman in the way that he should go. Okay. Great. Let me pray over you guys. Father God, today we come together and we celebrate life. We celebrate Coleman and we celebrate the opportunity to see him grow into the man of God that you have created him and ordained him to be. And Coleman, together with your parents who love you dearly and this people who care about the outcome of your faith, we dedicate you to God, surrendering together with them all worldly claims upon your life and the hope that you will belong wholly to God forever. And we pray for the favor of God to follow you, for the love of God to capture you and for the mission of the gospel to inspire you. We ask for God to protect you physically, emotionally, and spiritually as you grow into who God created you to be. And Lord, we pray for Charles and Kylie and the rest of Coleman's family that you would, that you would teach them so that they can teach Coleman. I, I pray that you help them navigate through troubled times, that you give them wisdom when making the hard decisions that come along with parenting. I pray that you would pull them even closer to you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said?
Amen. Amen. Would you guys give them a hand clap as they go? How many... You know, and the reason I say give them a hand clap is because in today's society, it is kind of rare to see a family that is ready to dedicate their children to the Lord. And so that's huge, and we celebrate that with them. It's, it's, we're so excited for Coleman, and, uh, and he reminds me of my kids. It's a big old boy, and so I don't have the ability to have little babies. <laughs> Like, if, if, if I had a little baby, I'd have to talk to my wife and say, what's going on? Where does little baby come from? <laughs> but anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, so today uh, we have a, I have a, have a message I want to share with you that is entitled, uh, Leave It or Leave It There. And so I have a short video I want you to watch, and then we'll start. <laughs> You know, I don't know about you, and I love that I have a pulpit that I can just carry around wherever I want to. I can just, if I want to preach back there with Brother Carl, I can just go back there by Carl and Tammy and set up. But anyways, um, leave it there. So every morning has the potential at my house. Now, don't judge me because this may not be the case at your house, but at my house, we have the potential for World War III every day. Why? Because I have kids that I thought was a great idea, and I still think is a great idea, and I want another one, hint, hint. Anyways, <laughs> I need more people to help me pray because she is not for it. <laughs> but I have a cutoff date. I said by 30-something I want to be done, and I'm getting close to that something number. But anyways, but every day we have the potential for World War III because apparently I have strong genetics, and I am not a morning person and I pass that right on to my kids because we, I will, we'll go into the, into the bedroom and we'll say, all right, guys, it's time to get up. Does nothing. It's like, it's like pushing a rock around on a mattress. It is ridiculous. And so, and so every day we're like, all right, it's time to get up. And, and, and it's just bad. And sometimes that's me. Sometimes Christina's pushing me and I'm like, I don't want to get up. Because I'm not a morning person, so every day when we get up, it's, it's rough. Like, there are very few days that we get up, and it's just like, oh, today was a very smooth day. Very, very rare. And so, uh, but, but eventually we get the kids up. They stop crying, and, you know, so what's really funny is when you guys start dressing them and when they're still asleep. How many of you ever had to do that before? Yeah, they're like little zombies. You're like, anyways, I'm not going to do the, the mannerisms, but anyways. Uh, but when we finally get them up and we get them dressed and, and we, we turn on the, the cartoons in the morning, you know, they get up and about and around and then it's time to go. And this is a pivotal point in our, in our morning because they're going to come to me and they're going to ask me a question. They're going to ask, Daddy, can we bring something? And they're going to, and, and you would think, well, Pastor Jay, that's not a big deal. Just let them bring a toy to daycare or school. Well, they can't because they don't, the daycares don't allow us 
to bring toys into the school because kids tear them up or they lose them and people get mad, blah, 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 blah. So we can't. And so this is what she'll do. And, she, and both of them know they're not supposed to, but this is, what, this is how it'll start. First, she'll bring something really big. Daddy, let me bring this. Or, or Bellany, she would bring a unicorn that she named Unicornius. I have no idea where she came up with that name, but anyways. And, 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 or Liam will bring monkey. And I'll say, no, you can't bring the monkey. And then because they are, again, my kids and hard-headed, then they'll, you know, they'll go a little bit smaller and they'll say, well, can I bring the Hulk? No, you cannot bring the Hulk. You cannot bring a toy to school. And so now they have backpacks. She'll, Bellany will come up to me and say, well, I could put Donald in my backpack and no one will know that I have him. And finally, I have to look at her. And by this point, you know, because I ain't all the way saved at 7.30 in the morning, I have to look at her and say, and sometimes it's me and sometimes it's not, but I have to eventually say to her, baby, you have to leave it there because you cannot bring it to school. And can I submit to you today that just like I have to tell my kids there are things that they have to leave at the house because they don't have a place in school, can I submit to you today that there are some things that we try to bring into our future from our past and they don't have a place there? How many people know that there are some things sometimes that whenever we are going through life and we are growing and we are maturing in the Lord, that there are some things that probably we are going to have to leave behind because they don't have a place in our future? You see, I have to tell Bellany and Liam, we don't even have a place for this gigantic monkey. We, we would have to leave somebody at home to put it in the car. What's funny is when my wife said to me, she texted me and said, can I get the kids some stuffed animals? I said, sure, we already have a million. What's a million and three? Whatever. And, and she sent me a picture. Husbands, if your wife sends you a picture of something they want to buy, if you don't look at any other text that they send you, look at that picture. Because I didn't. And I said, yeah, babe, whatever, it's stuffed animals. I didn't know she's going to come home with three little people. Three of these in my house that we already don't have room for the million that we already had. They don't have a place in our house. And so, we, so it's creating a lot of problems in our life. And can I tell you that when you try to create a place in your life for things that God is telling you to leave behind, it's going to create some problems. It's going to put some stress in your spiritual life because you're trying to hold on to things that God has told you to leave behind. There are some things that maybe we need to leave behind because they're going to hold us back. Because at different points in our life, the Holy Spirit takes us through pruning, through pruning processes. And they're not fun. Sometimes, normally this can happen at salvation and, or just different pivotal points in our walk with Christ and so this pruning process it's not to hurt us it's not to punish us what my kids don't understand is that whenever I tell her we cannot bring monkey or or unicornius to daycare it's not because I'm mad at her and it's not because I think that I need to get on to her for something it's because it doesn't belong there and I have to prune this out of our lives and as parents we understand that but what's funny is as Christians sometimes we don't understand that that monkey that we have on our backs it doesn't have a place in our future. 
God takes us through pruning processes, not just to hurt us, but to grow us. Because what happens when you prune your plants? Nothing to mine. I cut all mine down because I don't like working on them. (laughs) But when you prune a plant, you cut off all the dead stuff, all the things that could hinder that plant's growth or that flower's growth. And then what happens? The, 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 because you have cut off the leaves that were sucking all the nutrients, all the life out of that plant, it's released to grow better than it ever has before. Can I submit to you today that some of us, we're not growing in the Lord like we should because we're still holding on to things that are sucking the life out of us. And God is calling us to leave it there. One of the worst things that a Christian can do is try to hold on to things that God is trying to prune from our lives. Just like my kids trying to hold on to their toys, we try to hold on to stuff that God's trying to take out. And so i got to ask you this morning, what's your Hulk? What Hulk are you trying to hang on to? What, what, what strong and ugly and green, embarrassing thing are you trying to hold on to in your life? It's dangerous because the things that we're trying to hold on to, they're going to do us damage. If I try to hold on to things that God is trying to take out of my life, I can guarantee you they are going to do a spiritual damage because God wouldn't take it out of my life for no reason. They say, well, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Jay. I don't have toys at my house. You should. They are very entertaining when you're bored and no one is looking. I'm just kidding. I brought the Hulk because he's my favorite. But anyways, uh, <laughs> you may say, but Pastor Jay, I don't, I don't, what are you talking about? What, how does this relate to me? Well, you know, I was thinking about some things. I was going to bring a liquor bottle, but I thought some of y'all might judge me and think that I've been getting lit and stuff, so I didn't do that. So I'm just going to give you some written examples. <laughs> but I was thinking, what are, what are some things we carry around? You know, I can't tell you what you carry around, but you know what's in your present that God has called you to leave in your past it may be a cell phone that you're looking at texting women you're not supposed to or looking at things you're not supposed to it may be a cell phone that you're calling people and talking about things you don't have any business talking about maybe it's some things that are going on in your own heart because there's some unforgiveness there or some frustration that hasn't been dealt with but the question that you need to answer for yourself today not for me is what are you carrying with you that you need to leave behind you because if there are things that are weighing you down even Eventually, they will continue to weigh you down and bring you to a stopping point. If we continue to carry things from our past into our future that we know that God is trying to pull out of us, eventually we communicate to God that my desires are more important than you. That's good, isn't it? Eventually, we communicate to God that I love you, God, or I like you, God, but I really like this Hulk. And if I have to choose between a mediocre relationship with you and me getting to hold on to this Hulk, then I'm going to have a good enough relationship with you, but I'm going to have a really good relationship with this Hulk. That's what we're communicating to God when we just put it flat out there. And we wonder why God isn't answering our prayers. We wonder why God isn't changing us. We wonder why we're still who we are years ago today if God's pruning things out of our lives and we're holding on to them 
it's a guarantee that those things are going to come back and they're going to cause us harm. We think about even whenever God saved me, I remember he saved me out of, um, uh, out of some moral sins. And, and I remember whenever God really got a hold of me, Brother Pete, I, I remember sitting in a car one day and I said, and God communicated to me, he said, Jay, you, you have to choose this thing or me. And it was pivotal. He was pruning me. And I remember saying to myself, if I keep doing this, I'm going to spiritually die. And I was young, and I'm not saying that I, I was smarter than anyone else. And I'm, not, I'm saying that the Holy Spirit re revealed to my heart in that moment that if I didn't let some things die in my life and leave them in the grave, they were going to kill my spirit. See, we can hold on to our purpose or we can hold on to things that hold us back. But we can't effectively hold on to both. We can hold on to our purpose, our future. We can hold on to our future and our purpose, or we can hold on to the things that hold us back, but we cannot effectively hold on to both. You see, we have to take an observation of where we are. One of my favorite scriptures is whenever David says, search me, O God, and know me. Look at every, and in fact, I've said it in, this, in the sanctuary several times. Search me and know me, and if there's any wicked way in me, show it to me. And I'm, and I'm putting this in J terms. One of the most important things that we can do is objectively look at where we are. I don't want to wake up in 30 years, Josh, and say, man, I thought I was saved, but I didn't have a clue. I mean, even Jesus said something really scary. He, he said that there's going to be some that whenever they get to the gates of glory, Jesus is going to look them in the face and say, depart, I did not know you. Well, how does that have to do with anything that we're talking about today? Because if you're picking things over him, then you are in danger of having that same thing said to you. If God is trying to prune things out of our lives and we're not letting him, then that means that that thing is more important to me than God. So we have to observe where we are. Check my heart, God. Is my, is my, because I'll be honest with you, there are some times where I have conversations and I get mad and I get angry. This isn't all about sin and anxiety and things that I should have left whenever I got saved. Sometimes this is simply just day-to-day -day life. God, do I have the right heart when I'm communicating with people? If I get a phone call that ticks me off, am I responding in a way that would give God honor and glory? If I go through a drive-through and somebody gets my order wrong and they don't speak nicely to me and I get frustrated, am I responding in a way that's going to give God glory or are there things in my heart that needs to be worked on? God is calling us to leave things behind us. And so we have to observe where we are. And also we have to make a decision about who we want to be. Who do I want to be? Not just as a man and as a husband, but as a person who follows Christ. Whenever people describe me after I die, how do I want to be described? 
You may say, well, Pastor Jay, I don't care what people think about me. Well, the Bible says you should. The Bible says that, you know, whenever, if, if something we're doing cause a bro- causes a brother to doubt our testimony, then it causes us to, then that means that we're in sin. So you can hang your hat on that if you want to, but it's a lie because it matters a lot about what people see in you and what people see you doing and what people think of you because your testimony is important. And so we have to make a decision about who we want to be. You know, there came a time in my life, in fact, I wish I'd have brought it this morning, that I, I got this old composition notebook. And I had just gotten saved, and I had a problem with drinking, and I had a, I had a favorite beer, that, and, and, and it's, it was just a really big bondage for me, and alcoholism was in my family. It was bad. And so whenever God communicated that to me, Brother Pete, and I sat in that car, and I said, okay, I have to make a decision. i got to leave that thing behind me, or it's going to kill me. And so God actually put this on my heart. I got this notebook, and I still have it in my office today. And it says on the notebook, I took a beer tab, which... Some church people will probably judge me for it, but I took a beer tab off of a beer I had at home, and, and, and I put it on that notebook. I taped it there, and I said, uh, this, I put the tab there, and I said, or Jesus, because I realized that's something I had to leave behind me. I want to share with you a scripture. Y'all thought I forgot the scripture, didn't you? We're going to be reading out of John. Verse uh, chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. And this is what the Bible says. And you know it's holy because I'm using the New King James Version today. So you know if no other Sunday God anointed this word. I'm just kidding. I don't take me seriously. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. We're talking about John. And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. And we do, excuse me, we do not know where they have laid him. And Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw something very important that we need to pay attention to. And he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. And so, there are some things, obviously, that Jesus left in that tomb, isn't there? There are some things that he left behind. In fact, the Bible says they left the linens there and they were perfectly laid out. And so the question that comes to my mind is, why did he leave his grave clothes behind? Well, for one thing, death no longer had a hold on him. Can I tell you today that in Christ, the things that used to hold you down, the things that you carried into the tomb when you got saved and you died in Christ, that whenever you came alive in Christ, the things that held you down before, they no longer have to hold you down. The reason that I was able to take that notebook and put that beer tab on there and make a decision to no longer live that lifestyle is because I had been made new in Christ and I had the ability 
ability to say no. I declare the blood of Jesus over my life. And death doesn't have a hold on me anymore. Can I submit to you today that whatever struggles you brought into your tomb when you got saved, they don't have power over you anymore. You are under the grace of God. You are a new creation in Christ. You have been healed by his blood. And today death does not have a hold on you. Unless you take it out of the tomb with you. I want you to think about your life whenever you went into that tomb. And when you, some of you may not understand what I'm saying. Whenever you got saved, the Bible says this. When we get saved, we die to ourselves, but we are made alive in Christ. And it is the likeness of us putting our old selves in that tomb and then coming out new, resurrected with Jesus. And so I want you to think about your life. What did you take into that tomb that you also brought out with you? Did you take gossip in and then bring it out with you? Did you take alcoholism in, but then bring it back out with you? Did you take things that you know do not honor God and that are hurting your spiritual walk? Did you take them into that tomb, but then turn around and put them right back on your back and carry them out with you? Can I tell you, you have to leave some things behind you. Because if you try to leave that tomb with the baggage that you brought into it, you will never be who Christ called you and created you to be. There are some things you need to leave behind. And sometimes it's people. Sometimes there are people that you carry into that tomb and you think, well, we've been friends forever. Or they're my buddy. They're my partner in crime. But sometimes in order to be who God created you to be, you've got to leave those people in that tomb. Christ is calling us to leave some things behind. He left those grave clothes there because death no longer had a hold on him. And he was now clothed in glory. And so he laid aside those rags for glory. It was even said that Christ was not even resurrected, but his body was stolen. They were trying to rob the central event of Christianity. They were trying to rob Christianity of its most central event, is what I was trying to say. And here's the thing. In our lives, just like they were trying to do at the resurrection of Christ, they're trying to diminish what happened. There will be people in your life that try to diminish what God is doing in your life. There will be people in your life that will judge you by who you were, that will tell people, oh, well, they can go to church all they want to, but that doesn't change who I know they are, or they've done this and they've done that. And there will be people that try to diminish what Christ has done in and through you. But can I tell you that if you do, in fact, leave that old person in that grave, that you have been made new, and, and, and regardless of what people say about you, you're a son and daughter of God. And so Christ's Christ grave clothes lying in the grave was evidence of Christ's resurrection. And so our proof today of our resurrection are the things that we leave behind. Daniel, will you come play for me, please? Our proof 
of our own personal resurrection in Christ are the things that we have left behind. What is God calling you? What is God crying out to you about to leave behind? You see, Christ is calling us from death to life. Say, Pastor Jay, I ain't been saved and I'm alive. You're walking. Don't judge me. I like the walking dead. You're a walking zombie. Because spiritually, you're dead. And today the world wants to paint a picture of Christianity that says, with or without Christ, we're good people. It says that, well, like I, I saw something that made me so angry. I don't get, I'm pretty laid back most of the time. My wife's looking at me like, Jay, you do get angry. You're right, I do get angry. I don't let things, I have learned to not let things bother me to the degree that I can't keep my poker face on. Let me put it that way. Because again, I know people are looking at me all the time. That's a whole other story about somebody seeing me storming at McDonald's about an apple pie. But anyways. <laughs> anyways. And so, you may say, Pastor Jay, say, Pastor Jay, you don't understand where I've been. You don't understand what I've gone through. One of the things that made me so angry is because you're right, I don't. And this is what made me angry. There was this pastor I read about who said this. He said that we need to, in order to keep Christianity relevant, we just need to do away with the Bible. This is why I bring that up. In, 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 in culture today, people want to make us believe that all we got to do is be good. All we got to do is treat people as best we can. And, but can I submit to you today that if you are not under the blood of Jesus, you are not okay? And the only guide for that is the Bible. And you may say, Pastor Jay, I've been saved for years. That's great. But my question for you today is what are you carrying now that you should have left back in that tomb? What are you carrying in your life that is sucking the life out of you, that is slowing down your spiritual growth, that is causing you unnecessary pain. What do you need to be leaving behind today? 
as we grow in our faith, God is going to take us through several seasons of pruning where he has to take out things that are negatively affecting our lives. You know, I think about, because a lot of times what stops us from allowing God to work in our lives is we're afraid of letting go of things. I remember I was in a relationship that Miss Faye helped pray me out of a few years ago before I met my awesome, wonderful wife, Christina. And, uh, but I was in this relationship and I just knew, I just knew it in my mind that God had set this person aside for me. I just knew that this was what God's will was. Uh, but without going into details, it wasn't. It was horrible. It was a bad situation. But I didn't realize it. And, and part of it was because I didn't want to admit that what God was trying to tell me to leave behind, I knew I needed to. I mean, know there are things that God puts on our hearts that we know we need to lay down, but we don't because we don't have the strength or we're afraid of what life will look like once we lay that thing down or leave that person behind. And, I remember, and so I remember specifically God waking me up one day. And he must have given me a lot of ultimatums. I guess that's the way God has to communicate with me. But I remember waking up one morning. I'm not going to tell you what morning because you'll judge me. But uh, I remember waking up one morning and God literally saying, you can have her or you can have me, but you can't have both. And it like scared me to death. And I said, well, i got to have you, Jesus. It reminds me of the story of a picture. Actually, it reminds me of a picture I saw on Facebook. And it had Jesus kneeling down in front of a little girl, and she had a little beaten up, tore up teddy bear. And uh, some of you may have seen this picture a few months ago, but he was asking her for it, and she refused to give it to him. She was saying, no, I, I really like this, this teddy bear. Um, but behind him, he had this huge, brand-new, awesome teddy bear. You see, we're holding on to things that he wanted to give to her. We're holding on to things that are hurting us. When in reality, God is wanting to not just punish us and take things out of our lives, but he wants to take those things out of our lives so that he can put the things that we need in our lives. And so today, as we get ready to close, my question to you is what is God, what is God calling you to leave behind? And some of you, you already have it on your mind. You already have it in your, in your heart and in your mind. And the Holy Spirit is ministering to you about it right now. That there's something that's in your life that God has been dealing with you about. And you know that you've got to leave it behind. So would you stand with me? Pastor Jay, I want to hold on to it. You want to know one of the main reasons I don't let my daughter carry the monkey other than it's too big for the car to the daycare? Because if I let her take this monkey into the car, if I let her take it into the car, even though I've already told her to lay it down and leave it behind, but I let her take it into the car, once we get to the daycare, she's going to think that she has beat the system. 
that she has figured out a way to take the teddy bear to the daycare. And so whenever I have to rip it out of her hands, it's going to cause her more harm because I let her take it a little bit, a little ways with her instead of just leaving it behind whenever I told her to leave it behind. And so today I know that there's going to be reservations in your heart about things that God is telling you to leave behind, but it's better to let go of them now. I'm going to go ahead and tell you part of my testimony. I don't know if I should tell you this or not, but I'm going to. So you, so I, so you know I, I know what I'm talking about, and I've had to live this. That girl that I had to break up with, we were planning on getting married. I don't even want to tell you this. Where's my wife at? I need her permission. She's like, it ain't me, it's you. You don't want to be talked about. But it, y'all don't go to, y'all don't be chicken talking about me. I don't even know what I'm talking about now. Anyways, I didn't got all tongue-tied. But this girl, I was, I was going to marry her. And on the day of the wedding, so you can't say I don't know what I'm talking about because I know what it means to be in a really tough situation and God tell you, you got to lay it down. I know. And I remember waking up that morning on the day of the wedding and feeling the heaviest burden of my life that I had to leave this girl behind. And God may be saying the same thing to you today. That you can have me or you can have that. But you can't have both. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If that's you and you have things in your life that you know that you need to lay down. You know that God is calling you to leave it in your past. I want you to lift your hand. If if you're ready to lay those things down, God sees those hands. God sees those hands. Don't leave this place carrying the same things that God is telling you to lay down. sees those hands let me pray over you right now Father God you know each and every person in this place God and you know exactly what you have put on our hearts that we need to leave in our past and God I pray over each and every person that lifted their hands Lord I pray for strength because, God, I know from experience it takes strength to do what you've called us to do. It takes strength and courage to lay things down and get them out of our lives. I know that, God. And so, Lord, I pray for those who lifted their hands this morning. I pray for the strength of the Holy Ghost to come into their lives, God, and help them do what you have called them to do. And Lord, right now, we lift your name up because we know that whenever we lift your name up in the middle of us being pruned, God, we know that when we glorify you instead of glorifying our pain, God, we are made strong then because we put our dependence on you and not on ourselves.
Father, I pray for every person in this room today under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that as you continue to grow them and you continue to to create in them a heart that bleeds and chases after you, I pray, God, for strength. God, I pray that you would continue to create in them a heart that hungers after you. Lord, we love you. I pray, God, over each person that you would keep them safe this week, God, that you would go with them this week, that you would be their help this week as they go through whatever they go through through their week. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Bless you as you go, guys. We'll see you Wednesday.